Welcome back to a bevy of bloods for round one of the AFLW 2023 season. We get stuck into this year by celebrating the Swans' first ever win in history in the AFLW. Let's get going. So fluff up your tail feathers and settle in for potentially, but hopefully, less biased yarn about all things to do with our beloved bloods. G'day there, Cygnus and Swanlings. My name is Chris, and I am kicking off this season with the good luck charm, Steve-O. Steve-O, welcome to the potty again, my friend. Oh, thanks, mate. And we've got a good one to chat about. I can't wait. Love it. Mate, If before we get going, to supporters out there listening in, thank you very much. If you can follow uh, us on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you get your socials and on wherever you get this podcast, it makes a big difference to the channel. We have committed to doing this AFLW season. We're quite excited about it. So if you want to make sure you keep on top of all of the stuff we're putting out there, make sure to follow us wherever you can. All right. Score recap, let's get stuck into it. Last Sunday, only a few hours ago, our Sydney Swans defeated the GWS Giants by five points with a final score of 7-9-51 for the Swans and 7-4-46 for the Giants. Steve-O, first impressions, mate, take it away. Oh, mate, what a way to start a Sunday morning. It's actually, it's still Sunday. I'm still on the same day as the win because we're doing this on, we're recording this on what, Monday morning Sydney time, which is late Sunday night finish time so I'm, I'm still buzzing the game was at eight o'clock this morning and it made an otherwise unpleasant Sunday morning wake up pretty good and I'll tell you <laughs> what I thought we were gonna get done when they got up 25 points in the third quarter I was afraid that this was going to go the way that some of the other games went last year that we played really well and missed some opportunities and tried hard and just couldn't quite run it out and then they came home flying didn't they kicked four goals yeah to nothing after that after that Giants lead and and there we go first win of the of the of the I guess existence for the for the Swans for the AFLW so well done yeah it was massive I I, I totally agree with you there when they started putting on the, the I was they started putting on the goals GWS was starting to get ahead and got away that, that 25 point lead at that point I was like oh well you know the signs were there I was like they're, they're much fitter they're harder they're much more organized the girls are right on point and Sure, the GWS was showing a bit more class and just a bit more um, professionalism, I guess, in some certain aspects, and be able to chain some handballs together to get them something going. And I was like, "Look, it is what it is. You know, signs are there. Look at you no know, big positivity." And then they just came back, and uh, yeah, we know what happened. It was superb, and I just can't imagine that it wouldn't have happened without um, a couple of special names there, in particular, the one that was important to me, Chloe Malloy, with that goal that just seemed to have just made the entire crowd at that point believe. And straight as that happened, everyone, the crowd was like bang, pumping at that point. It was wicked, mate. It was so much fun. Um, mate, what did you see in the game that was worth calling out in, in, in any special points here? I think a big difference from last year, you just mentioned that already, that they looked very organised and they were playing to a, to a structure, to a plan. And and I think that um, that's the benefit of, you know, having had an entire pre-season rather than just what they had like eight or ten weeks before their first season um, in, in 2022, season seven of the AFLW. And, and then three players in particular that were brought in over the off-season who I think made a huge difference in this game was, was, um, was Malloy, McAvoy and Gardner, all three of them. Um, 
there's a big difference when, when you've got a lot of people fighting for the ball and working hard and doing their job, and then you've got players like those three, and, and others, but in particular those three, who have experience and, and they know what to do with the football, and they can open the game up a bit and bring others into the game and get us going forward. And, and yeah, it was, it was night and day compared to round one, 2022 last year, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot more pointing, I noticed this time around in particular. Um, it, you know, the girls like Ella Heads, for instance, who's a second year in AFL, uh, sorry, AFLW. Um, so she's still obviously still learning. She's obviously got uh, a lot of talent that we all can see. And girls like herself pointing and everyone's like recognizing that they're like pointing. Yep, pointing, same thing. Everyone's marking up. There's like a little chatter between everyone. Seemed organized. Uh, other, like last year, you kind of felt like, I mean, to be fair, the defense last year were just being bombarded. So you can give them a little bit of yeah, yeah. Uh, hand there. They were absolutely being smashed every game. And this time around, even when they were being smashed in that fourth quarter, which we'll probably get a little bit more into, they were just solid and they just kept it all together. Um, they never seemed to be really disorganized. Everyone had, uh, if someone was loose, they were calling it out. Some of the midfielders came up, picked someone up, and it just seemed like a really well-structured, organized crew um, with minimal conversation between them, but they all seemed to know exactly what they were doing, what they were trying to achieve. So... Uh, all I can say is well done to Scott Gowans uh, as well as the girls for what seems to be a pretty well-tuned game in round one. Uh, we'll get into what that means uh, and, and what stands in the ladder, but, oh, mate, like you said, chalk and cheese compared to last year, it's looking fantastic. Very, very, very proud of the girls, uh, and the crowd was there too, mate. Um, one thing I did want to point out was Cynthia Hamilton. Her... Uh, I went to the game with my dad and my partner and Breddy and his little kid, uh, Touch Boy. Um, and my dad has been to – this is his second AFL game in his life. So the first one he took me to go to, I estimated around 1993, 1994, where we got absolutely lit up by some Victorian team. And my dad was like, why are we here, <laughs> basically? Why? And he's, never, <laughs> he's like, this is, this is silly. And uh, he's never been to a game. And uh, – since then, and so we got him out to the game on Father's Day, out to AFLW, was quite pumped about it, and he had the best time. And the first thing that he noticed was uh, Cynthia Hamilton was on our side. We were on that um, that side of the of the field, and uh, she was getting a fair bit of uh, rough attention uh, by one of the players in GWS, and my dad was impressed. It's just like, wow, she's getting it, she's giving it back, and she's not fast. And he was really kind of taken by it, and he was just paying attention to her thereafter, and she was throwing her head over every ball, she was going half a tackle, she was taking on plays, she got caught a couple of times, but she was taking it on. Yeah, she, although she's not up there in the stat sheet, she had a lot of attention put on her, and she was wearing it like lead, she had no problem, so massive, massive wraps there, mate. Um, anything else you saw from the game? Well, something I was sort of thinking back in terms of the progress over this well, to this season, which is roughly a year ago. The corresponding fixture last year, we played the Giants in, I think, round four, round five at the SCG. There was that one SCG game last year, and we got smashed. We lost by 47 points. They kicked nine goals, we kicked two, and we got absolutely run over. Um, flip that around at this time this year, and we kicked seven goals. We probably could have kicked a few more. There was some, there was some inaccuracy and some pretty bad misses, really, and missed opportunities. And... The Giants, they also kick seven. So that is a huge change in a very short period of time. And this is a foundation team to the Giants. So when we talk about 
you know, the expansion sides that have come later, like these later eight, roughly, teams. The Giants was one of the original eight, so they've had a long time. This is their eighth season in AFLW now. This is our second, and we've not just taken it up to them and had a competitive, honourable loss, which, honestly, I think a lot of Swans fans would have patted them on the back and said, well done, you tried, but that wasn't good enough for them. They they got to the point where they got a sniff, and they really came, and they've knocked off a team that's been playing for eight seasons. So I, I don't think we should understate that. You know, It was an amazing effort. And even Scott Gowans himself, uh, I think it was maybe Wednesday or Thursday, and a last-minute um, attempt to rile up the, the competition, actually said the words, I think paraphrasing, but effectively, um, GWS have been in the competition for a long time, and I feel they've effectively squandered a lot of their time here. And kind of, a, of, of that message, and we're like, wow, okay, calm down, Gowans. That's like uh, yeah. some, some, uh, some dirt pretty quickly. Um, but you know what? I guess he's trying to do what he suggested he would be doing at the beginning of the season, which is this is not a joke season. We're here to win. We're here to compete. Uh, and the girls that do the same. So if he wants to put in a bit of uh, pressure underneath his girls, it's to talk some smack and then make them fight it out <laughs> when they're on the field, which they did exactly that. So, yeah, huge, huge stuff, man. Yeah, like that, there was no okay, love so, lost on the field, was there? Like, it was an intense no. game. At least watching on the TV, I mean, you would have seen it even better up close, but even on the telly, like, it looked like there was some heat in the match all the way through it between two teams that both wanted to give it to you. Yeah, yeah it, it was, I want to say nasty is not the word. It was nasty, but it, there was no holding back by either team. It was... They were they were finishing tackles. There was a couple of you know like uh, thanks for coming pumps in the back uh, when they were trying to get up. There was a fair few like niggles, a few words exchanged. It was a tough game, uh, straight into the fire for these girls, and I, I couldn't be happy. I couldn't be prouder. Like you said, if they competed and we didn't ended up losing by the eighteen, it would have been like you no know, massive improvement from last year, no question at all. You can see we're in the right path. But then to really finish off the game the way we did um, and then to hold up that back line, oh, mate, could, couldn't have asked for more. Really fantastic. Yeah, we didn't let them score. I mean, it, it, at one point, because we got ahead with, what, 10 minutes left, I think, when Chloe Malloy got that mm. second goal of hers, that sort of snap one from in front. We got ahead with about 10 minutes left, and I thought, oh, God, we, you know, we're probably going to need to kick another one or two because surely they're going to get one, um, maybe two left in the game. And then turned out that the final score of the game, which was a Swans behind, came with nine minutes left. There was nine scoreless minutes of just arm wrestle at yeah. the end. And, and at first, the Giants just couldn't clear their back 50 or their back half. And then once they were able to get the ball going forward and getting it through the centre and inside their forward 50, our, our Swans defence just repelled everything. It was, it was amazing yeah. defending, really, to watch. It was... Um, it was it was, I was just imagining that surely they're going to get a score here because they just had so much ball going in there and they didn't. Yeah, high-pressure game, I noticed. Very, very high pressure. Uh, and especially in that, in their forward, our defensive, they, yeah, they weren't given centimetres and it made all the difference. They didn't get time to even get on their favourite foot. Um, and yeah, we just right onto it. It was just brilliant. It was such a good, just a good way of winning a game. Um, that defense had been pumped all last season, and for them to effectively win the game for them uh, at the end there, it was super special. They deserve all the credit. They were magnificent alongside a few other players, which you'll we'll get to in the Bob Medal, mate. Um, favorite moments? Do you want to call out a couple particular moments that you felt were fantastic? You could probably watch them again three or four or five times over. Yeah, the first one for me was that last 10 seconds or so, the ball was on the wing and, and it had been coming and coming in and coming in and coming in. And, and I think the thing is with, with AFLW is that 
if you get to a point in about halfway through the last quarter and you've got like a goal lead or a two goal lead, you think, okay, we can probably try and lock this up and slow it down because the clock doesn't stop until the final two minutes. So the clock runs continuously until time on starts getting used at the very, very end in the light. Besides for goals, it stops always for goals. So you can usually take a bit of time off it and then, okay, I thought, right, it's come out, but it was in that last two minutes when the clock is stopping. So, oh man, we've really got to not do anything here to give away a free kick or get them into space. And then finally, Lucy McAvoy did a really good clearing kick. I think it was Lucy McAvoy and the ball came out. And that's where you see her experience too, is just territory. In that stage of the game, it's about getting the ball out of here, you know, and that's what she did. And we got the ball on the wing or near the wing and there was 10, 15 seconds left. I thought, yep, we're going to win this. They're not going to get one. And the siren went. I thought, that's it. They they got the first ever win for the Swans over W. It was amazing. That was that was my favourite moment. I think that last 15 seconds or so. Yeah, I, I think it was uh, uh, Lucy McAvoy. I think you said Chloe McAvoy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm confusing still our, two, <laughs> two <players. laughs> our two new recruits. We're still, yeah. Uh, yeah, still working it out. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. And, and, and part of that ending sequence was another one of Cynthia Hamilton's, like, head rolling, just slamming herself into the ball uh, to just get it rolling away. And then eventually we got ourselves another bounce out the wing and uh, throw in from the wing and just, yeah, like tough. I managed to film that last few seconds uh, and it just seemed to have felt like it went on forever. As those close games go, you know, the last last three minutes of a close game feels like a whole quarter in itself. And it, that's what basically happened. And it just, we ended up getting it up. Yeah, um, like Brenna Tarrant, she played um in the backline. She oh, played yeah. a whole game in the last four minutes. Really, she she didn't really touch the ball much at all for the first three quarters and what fifteen minutes or so, and then she took three massive intercepts all in the last four minutes of the game. It was incredible. Yeah, she was running around just like not even manned up half of it. I felt like it's just yeah, she's just floating off, getting a couple of intercepts. It was yeah, it was grand. It was so beautiful. It, oh, that was just it was just a full team effort. It felt like it was just really 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 good and couple of very notable um we've gone into the desperate defense uh, already how good the defense was at the end of the game there you've mentioned a few names Ella Hares Lucy McAvoy uh Tarrant uh Kennedy they all play really really well um of course a few other names that went with it um I'm just quickly going to mention the goals from Chloe Malloy I kind of feel that her best goal is when she kicks a banana right so she basically kicked two banana goals on this game so Maybe she prefers not to bother with a drop point, uh, drop punt. So that was that was pretty sweet. When she kicked that first one, sold the candy, got on the other foot, bananaed it. Everyone in the stand that where we were in was, was on that stand right in front of us where she kicked it. Everyone was riding every bit of that. So we all bought the candy. We're like, oh no! And then she takes a turn. We're like, oh yes! And then she kicks it. We're like, what? And it went through, and we went absolutely ballistic. And at that point. The, the cheer started, the continual claps, and there was a couple of unique claps, let me say, of like someone started something and then everyone just kept going with it and just perpetually throughout the whole um, game. Yeah, it was just a very, even just the AFLW had a totally different feel in, in, in what it was all about and what the um, the stands and the fans were doing. So, yeah, that was, that was extra special to be part of that one. Um, Mate, do we want to get stuck straight into the best on ground? It is the uh, Bob medal, uh, which is the equivalent of the Bob Skilton medal. Um, we give 3-2-1 points out to the best Swans players. And this week, they are going to win, for their effort, a cat. My mother-in-law, soon-to-be mother-in-law, has a few cats that she's had to adopt because of 
they, uh, a, a cat with a, a litter turned up and she started feeding them, she got them all neutered, and now she is accidentally the owner of all these cats. So we've got a few to give away. So we're going to give away one of them. It's called uh, Blakey, which was actually named after Nick Blakey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's available. Uh, oh, and it's actually a girl. That's, that's a girl cat. So she's available. She's beautiful. Uh, a little bit standoffish, but she's lovely. And three, two, one, go out to three points to Ali Morfitt. Uh, two points for Chloe Malloy and one point to Lucy McAvoy. Mate, take it away with Ali Morfitt, our rock woman. Yeah, so Ali Morfitt. Let's hope she um hope she likes cats. Um, <laughs> are these the same cats? Because last week when we when we did the the Bob Medal for the men's game, you gave a cat to who was it? Callum Mills got a cat, didn't he? I think. Yeah. Is this is this the same family? Are they all like? Is this a sibling of the cat that Mills got? Yeah, exactly. This is the sibling of Daphne. Oh, da- Daphne. Okay. Yep, yep. We've got two more to go. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've got some. We've got some players out there with some. If you want a cat, geez, just re- reach out to us. We've got cats. We've got cats so, everywhere. So we'll know who the cat lovers are based on because you've got two left. The next two games mm-hmm. are going to be the the men's elimination final and then Geelong for the women the week That's after right. that. So. You'll know who the cat lovers are by the ones who bust their guts and, and get best on ground because they know what the prize is already. There you go. There you go. We know now. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Millsy wants a second one. Maybe he's already in love with um with Daphne. Hey, anyway. I, don't, I don't blame him. She's a beauty. He's a beauty. <laughs> um, Ali Morford, she was massive. She dominated mm. in the centre, playing in the ruck. She smashed it in the hit-out. She had 29, which was double what her opposing ruck had. She had seven clearances to go with it, so it's not just like winning the tap, and, and often when it's congested, winning the tap doesn't necessarily mean much unless you can really direct it, but she got seven clearances to go with it, which was the most on the field. Four tackles, which means she's putting pressure on around the stoppage and around the ground. 18 touches. 16 of those 18 touches were contested, if you'd believe that. Um, I'll keep going. There's there's more. 30, 334 metres gained, which considering that field is only 125 metres long, is what, roughly three times, almost three times the length of that field up and back, and then back again, which was the most for the Swans. And and then on top of that, she had um, six intercepts also, which was the second on the field. So that's a, it's a massive game from Morfitt, I think. Um, yeah, she was a solid best on ground. And she just looked dominant. On, on the telly, at least, she looked like she was really imposing around the field and around the contest. Yeah, she she was clearly the best uh, as well. So, so she was just, like you mentioned there, all those stats, wild, everywhere. She was absolutely everywhere. And even she had more opportunity to do more with it. Like she had her hands on the ball, two hands on the ball plenty of times, and she opted for the you know, tap down, um, which is, uh, I've noticed, a big, definitely in AFLW, the tap down is, is where it's all about. The crummers are the, the big winners there. But uh, yeah, she had both hands on the ball. Oh, I don't even know how to, how to. I can't even tell you how many times, like 15, 20 times. And she had opportunity for a lot more marks. And he's hoping that she starts to add that in as well because she's just wildly good. Um, she was just way too much better than others. So huge game for Ali Morfitt. Uh, two points for Chloe Malloy. Uh, she had her two goals, which was equal best on ground, um, also with Privatelli, uh, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, 13 disposals for Chloe, six tackles, so pressure on, getting the ball, getting goals, and four clearances as well. So not only was she a big part of the center, uh, and just getting clearances anyway, she was also playing defense. She was kicking goals to get us over the line, uh, and she was getting her touches at the appropriate time. So massive things from our big recruit from uh, Pies, 
new captain. Can't ask for more than that. Um, mate, do you want to take it away with uh, Lucy McAvoy? Yeah, Lucy McAvoy. Um, I mean, I already said a bit about her before, but just her role in defence was so strong. I think the way that she gave that experience and, and that intelligence around and, and knowing when to go and, and knowing when to hold and her, her very good use of the ball and decision-making, I think, it made that back line, especially when they were getting flooded into, like the ball was just coming in and in that in that final part of the game, it, it helped them stand up, I think. Having her to sort of position around, I think, helped those younger, less experienced defenders to play really, really well. So, yeah, there's a couple of others that were probably close for the one point, but I think just her really important role in that final part of the game when it was on the line, because, you know, one goal and they won, you know, and, and that's that was it. And then it was going to be hard for us to go back and get another one. So that probably just got her ahead of a couple of others that, that also had really good games. Yep, fair enough. A couple of quick stats for her. Five score involvements, two goal assists, which is best on ground, three marks and 16 disposals. So very busy for today. Mate, honourable mentions, do you want to take it away with a few that uh, were unlucky to get one point but definitely deserve a bit of love? Uh, I'd say um, another one of our new players that we also mentioned already, um, Laura Gardner, came in from mm-hmm. Geelong. She'd played a full season for Geelong last year. She'd played half a season for Geelong the year before in the AFLW, and Geelong was a solid team. They were a finals team last year, so she's got finals experience. She played in their one final last year. She missed one game at the, along the way injured, I think, actually, last season, but played 10 out of the Cats' 11. Um, she had 19 touches. 13 tackles, which is Jesus. a huge amount of tackles. <laughs> yeah. Massive, yeah. And and remember that these matches are, um, uh, are what, 17 minutes and only the final two minutes of each quarter is, is fully timed. So 13 tackles in that amount of football is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she, had a, she had a fantastic game, I think, um, and, and makes me think that she'll be a good one. She's been a good pickup. Yeah, very, very lucky to pick up those. Like So of the uh, top four that we've basically recognised, three of them are the new recruits that come in from other clubs. So we've, mm, we've done yeah, pretty are. well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one quick one is for me, Rebecca Privatelli with her two goals, keeping very busy. A um, couple of very nice marks on the chest and on the hands. Uh, just yeah, just being busy, keeping her one running. She Every time that she had an opportunity, she was giving leads. She was getting around. She was pointing fingers. She seemed to be what I deem to be a little bit more of the organiser up front as well, so that I quite enjoyed watching her directly. Um, who else do you have on your side, mate? I'll take in Ella Heads. She was great in the back line throughout the game, but especially in that last quarter when um, when she really stood up, I think, and she, she won a couple of important free kicks. She took some marks. She was strong over the ball, and she repelled I mean, probably half a dozen attacks just in that last little patch of play when the Giants really coming. So so she was another one that was really good. And yeah, local local Sydney product too, in the West. Yeah, can't go wrong. 12 touches, 11 of them kicks. So uh, she was definitely using the boot. And her kicks are big. Like She kicks a good 40. So I can understand why they give the ball to her all the time as, much, as often as we can. Um, quick one for me is Sophia Hurley. Uh, she was great again. She's little little pocket rocket. She's brilliant, uh, big tackler all over again. She actually had a bit of a fan club next to us um, where we were, and she came over and said hello, gave everyone hugs. And while she was there, a few younger girls were asking for some autographs, and she signed a couple of things, and that just made the absolute day of her friends because her friends probably see her as just, you know, Sophia, my friend. It's whatever. Look, wow, she's playing on the telly. And uh, to see her then signing things for young girls and be an inspiration for them kind of put the tear to a couple of their eyes. And that was really, really sweet to see. And, yeah, she carried herself with 
with presence, it's just sweetness and, and just intensity all at the same time with the seven tackles. So she's um, on path to uh, having another season similar to what she had last year as well. Any other names from your side, mate, to bring up? I've got one more, and I already mentioned her as well, but I'm going to give you more. I know Brenna Tarrant, the number 20 in the back line, she had a, a very, very late cameo into the game. She only had five touches for the whole match. She took four marks for the whole match, but three of those marks, like we just said, all came in the last four minutes of the game, and they were all really, really key intercept marks. And sometimes you might only get five touches for the game, but you know those three you get at the end are absolutely crucial, and that was that was the case for her. That's it. That's it. Well, yep, a lot of good names there. A pretty uh, compelling win, uh, and that takes us to eighth in the ladder at one hundred and ten percent. So, as you've noted here, first time percentage over a hundred, which is great to know. Uh, means we've scored more than we've scored against uh, as a start, and uh, to kick off straight away with being on eighth in finals contention already this year. Uh, mate, so what else has happened around the league that you wanted to point out? I, I think in terms of this year, and we spoke about this last week with the preview, mm. is that you know our, our yardstick, well, maybe not yardstick is the wrong word, but like our, our point of comparison is the other teams that have come into the league at the same time as us, and then maybe the next set of comparison is the teams that came in in 2020, which was another four sides. But the, the three that joined the league with us last year who have all just coming like us into their second season is Port Adelaide, Essendon and Hawthorne. Um, Essendon and Hawthorne played each other, so one of them had to win, and Essendon got up over the Hawks, so Essendon got a win, which was a good start for the year for them. Um, and then Port Adelaide, they played another foundation team in their local um, local game against the Crows, and the Crows beat them pretty well. But significantly, Port Adelaide, they went with them, and they were pretty competitive for the first half, and then the Crows just pulled away. And, and that, I think, was maybe the fear of a lot of people, including myself, when... Um, we'd been pushing them and pushing them and then eventually they got out to that four goal lead 25 points and it felt like that was just going to be the margin or maybe they'd even pushed out a bit more but it didn't happen um, unlike Port who got blown out we, we turned it around and got ahead so um, so that's that's where we are against the teams that are roughly our peers at the moment from the first round Alright so a very good start nice to hear we wanted to, uh, yeah, it's always a nice to start, but as we will mention in a second, we've got a couple of big games ahead of us. So round two is going to be against Geelong back at North Sydney Oval next Saturday at 1.05 p.m. Um, so that's going to be pretty good. Unfortunately, we won't be able to go. I've got the engagement party that weekend. Steve is going to be in Canada. Uh, I'm dragging a couple of the bevy to my party, so it's not going to be... The, uh, we're going to have a couple of people there uh, of the crew, but unfortunately... I've made some mistakes. Um, made oh, some that's mistakes. not true. That's not the truth. That's the worst way. That's the worst way to say it. I've not made any mistakes. I've just unlucky with timing. Uh, even the that's calendar didn't fall you away. You know. Yeah, I'm going to blame the AFL and AFLW. Stuff them. Oh, they seriously do blame the AFL because I mean this this crap that the AFL has continued with of only announcing the women's schedule like fairly Three close weeks. to the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, right. I'm surprised we even know where the game is next week, you know, based on the way they've been doing it. So, <laughs> nah, this is on Gilbot and his buddies. This isn't your fault. Don't, don't, uh, let, Gilbot yourself, don't let yourself be be um, be held responsible for something which is all on AFL house. That's it. I'm blaming Dillian McGurkin to, to That's the one, that fault. bloke. Yeah, him. That McGurkin bloke. All right, mate. Um, injuries. 
Well, no injuries reported for the match, but I still understand Montana Ham is out. Um, do we have any idea when she might be coming back in? Nah, not yet. I mean, they said when it happened, it happened at the start of the preseason or before the preseason. They said she wouldn't play preseason and that she'd miss at least the first two, and then that's where it's up to. So we haven't heard anything else yet. So we're certainly not expecting her to play against Geelong this weekend coming, and I don't know, like. It's a short season, it's tough. So you've missed two, you've already missed a fifth of the season. And it's it's up to, yeah, like we like we said last week, it's a, yeah, possibly a, a battle because the athlete always wants to play. Um, yeah. Good, you luck know. To, <laughs> yeah. good luck to the coaches trying to hold her back, I think. Yeah. <laughs> she came back pretty quickly after doing her knee and we thought, we suspect there's going to be an ACL, but it ended up just being, it wasn't a tear, it was just like a... It was ligament in the end or something, and she ended up coming back after two or three games. Um, so she, she, you know that she's going to come back even if she is injured. So it's probably a, a hard job for the hard task for the coaches to hold her back and tell her to just calm down. We need you. We need you for the, a long term, not just for a couple of games. So. And I tell you, I, I do like the idea, and I, I kind of feel sorry for some of the opposition. Almost the idea of a midfield that's got um, that's got the ones that we've currently got bashing it all around. Mm. We got Ali Morford in there, just absolutely smashing bodies around. Chloe Malloy, very strong. Um, Hamilton also very strong, and then Chuck Montana Ham in there. Like that's um that's a solid midfield. Yeah, that's a, that's a big midfield too of hard yeah. nuts. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Uh, mate, let's let's talk about Geelong quickly. Um, as they are our next game, they played uh, the Dogs in the first round, beating them by what's that forty eight? I think. Um, what do we see out of that game? Do we just see a strong Geelong team or do we feel that the Dogs probably weren't as competitive as we suspected them to be? Uh, both are good, I think. I mean, both were um, both were losing elimination finalists last year and um, and the Dogs are a founding team, like a founding eight team and the and the Cats are, a, they were like one of the, the first two that were put in. Cats in North Melbourne came in just a year or two later. So they've both been around for a long time, both teams. Mm-hmm. So they've got a lot of experience. Um the Cats look good, yeah, but they both played finals last year and, and Geelong just played really, really well. I was watching a bit of the game and they were moving the ball very, very nicely. They were very strong over the contest. They controlled it from the start to the finish. I mean, they, they won 10 goals to two, like 48 points, 10-5 to, mm. to 2-5. It was, a, it was a belting, really, in the end, and the Dogs never really looked in it. So Geelong will, um, at least based on that first run looks like there'll be a team that will be looking to contend this year certainly looking for finals and in particular a couple of the players there they just had an absolute run on you were talking about georgie Pres- oh, i always can never pronounce it properly press Bacchus? i think so yeah 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 she was brutal let's, she let's dominated <laughs> she she killed it uh, yeah and i was i was watching and she cruises around and she's one of those players that just keeps getting the footy you know like, and when she hasn't got the footy she's tackling someone who's got the footy to to either slow it down <laughs> and win it back herself like she's um, she had 34 touches um 11 tackles nine clearances like she she played really well i think she's one that um yeah it'll be a solid matchup for the for our swans on on saturday yeah and just in the quiet i think she is at the moment set up for the um yeah, to basically take um, the best. Uh, she's she's a lock-in for AA as far as everyone's concerned before the season even started. So to her to get off to this hot start, and that, I think that's even hotter than most people even considered. So yeah, some pretty uh, pretty massive stuff going on there by Georgie. The other couple of notable names, Amy McDonald, 
28 touches, 12 tackles, nine clearances, another big win, big game from her. Uh, Jacqueline Parry, 16 disposals, eight marks and three goals. There's no joking around over there. They've got some massive key players. So to get the Swans over them, what do you think it's going to take, Steve? Or is this another game where we just got to play that hard contested ball and high pressure all over again? I think one thing that's in the advantage for the Swans is they've, um, they're familiar with the ground. North Sydney Oval, I mean, you were there, you saw it with mm. your own eyes. The other, well, I said the other day, it was this morning or yesterday for whoever is talking. <laughs> I'm confused now as to what, what's even going on. It's still Sunday night in Finland. I don't know what is happening. I feel like um, I feel like I've been doing the podcast all day because I was, I was making notes already this morning. Um, anyway, you know what the field looks like. Like it's, it's an odd field. It's very short. Yeah. Um, it's a field that, you could easily get stuck on transition, like not really knowing, especially for like your wings and your half forwards. It could be very hard to play on a field that it is that much shorter than a field that you're normally playing on. So the Swans have got the advantage that they know the ground. And and that's what I'd be starting with. And then, of course, you, you, you I mean, we know that they're on paper a better team. We know this, but that doesn't mean we can't beat them. You know, it means that we just have to think of ways to beat them. So we know the ground and we can put on huge pressure. And the Swans were also able to show that they could score quite quickly. We scored two goals in two minutes at the end of the third quarter and then a couple of goals very quickly in the fourth quarter to get ahead. And then we're able to hold off um, a late surge. So all of those things are positives to take from this game to, to try and develop and make even better in a week against a strong side in Geelong. So I don't think it's unwinnable. It's, it's tough, but, you know, there are things that they can do. One thing I would love to know is whether we're able to, where we have anyone that's been uh, practicing and trained up to be a tagger, whether we can have a our first effective tagger against Georgie Prasapis. Oh my God, Prasapis! <laughs> uh, that's going to kill me. Um, I'm, I'm presuming Greek. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it sounds yeah. like, and she, I mean, she's got a sister too at um at Essendon who, who goes pretty good too. They're they're a solid family of footballers. Oh, damn it. We don't want it more. If they join up together. Unstoppable. Yeah, so maybe we can have a tag. I think Sophia with her little, her, her, her constant energy, tons and tons of energy and strong tackling might be uh, the one to go for. Let's see what ends up there. And the other thing we've got is um, Laura Gardner. She's been at Geelong for the last three seasons. So That's she knows right, their yeah. players. She knows their team. She will have an understanding, maybe not of their up-to-date game plan, but at least how their players like to play. So, so maybe she can help a bit too and figure out, you know, how to how to get the better of some of these Geelong players and their structures and stuff. You reckon that she might get a bit of attention from the opposition to uh, a couple of friendly jabs for uh, for leaving the Geelong or so? Yeah, she might. Let's. Let, I don't know if it was amicable or or what the departure, but um, but yeah, there could easily be a bit of fight. You know, sometimes when you play your old teammates, even if you love them, it's it's always a bit more willing than normal. Mm. All right. Especially I mean, if you love them, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, especially if you love them. Also, if you love them, yeah. nothing's nothing's nothing. It's not. It's, there's no one better at annoying you or pissing you off than your own sibling. That's for sure. So, uh, uh, I've, uh, I've played a couple of games only ever against my brother, and and we actually were playing on each other at one. This was years ago um, when we were uh, playing. We were playing in Sydney for different teams. And um, and at one point we actually were running with each other. I think it was on a wing for about half an hour, and neither of us touched the wall because both of us were terrified the other one was going to get the ball. So we didn't even think about getting the footy. We just tried to stop each other. Yeah, <laughs> and then exactly. after about half an hour, both coaches I think changed the match up because they realised that no one was going to kick. 
You guys are useless together. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you know where they're going to run. Because you spend your whole life playing with them and stuff like. That. So you know what angles he wants to run. You know how he wants to cut back. You know exactly yeah. what his, his strengths are with his disposal, and and vice versa. You know it's the same for me. So yeah, we're we're always much more effective on the same team than on opposite ones. So better off defense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's see. So maybe yeah, maybe a massive game ahead for Laura Gardner. Let's. Uh, I'd put the money down for that. Maybe. Yeah, best on ground. She's going to kill it. She's going to back up, I reckon, for this week. That's it, especially with those numbers. That's a good start. Definitely a good pickup for us. All right, mate, let's uh, start wrapping things up with one last thing. What have you got on your side to talk about? Uh, my uh, my mum and dad, they went down to the to the men's game, the Swans-Melbourne one at the SCG, the final round game. And um, and and my mum especially, but dad also, they were, they were both really excited that there was a whole long desk of AFLW Swans players on Driver Avenue, which is the, which is the road that runs outside the SCG on the side where, where some of the gates are. And, um, and they were there, they were handing out posters and signing stuff and, you know, kids were getting all sorts of things. They had little, little trinkets and stuff to give out, little face masks, I think as well, whatever they had. And, um, and my, my dad got a signed poster for me and also for my brother. So a whole bunch of the girls have signed, um, have signed our posters for us. And then my dad, bless him, he, he told him, he said, oh, you know, our family's been members of the Swans since like the mid-90s. And, and they're all like, yeah, none of us were even born in the mid-90s. So. <laughs> even conceived of nothing. Not yeah, that's it. So that, that made me feel old because I remember going to the Swans in the mid-90s. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, like I said, the, the first game I went to was like 93, 94 or something. So, mm. yeah, it's, yeah, it makes me feel old. I'm pretty old. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was just great, and and they were just saying just how um how positive the environment was, and how much people were really getting around them, and how how happy they were to be you know spending that time with um with supporters, which I think is really great. Yeah, definitely. They were they were, they were the, the, a bit of a hit at Driver Avenue that day. Um, the other thing is like mate, they, they had the whole men's team was there watching the game at North Sydney Oval, um, and some footage of them like you know like just you know, riding the wind like you would imagine from some competitives um, there. And then I think the Swans Twitter post was something along the lines of "Now the men knows what it feels like to be on the other side of a close one." And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just like it's pretty mean. I think they know what it feels like, <laughs> but, but yeah, you can see them stressed out of their minds, you know, eyes popping out of their heads. And uh, when they got the wind, they were up and getting all about it. So, yeah, good support by the boys. Uh, definitely going to get it around the girls at that point. So that's really exciting. It's a shame that we can't be in the same city for this week, considering the men's are playing down in Melbourne. But um, yeah, no doubt they'll show support some way or another. Yeah, they um, don't know each other too, right? I mean, they're um, yeah, they're all training in the same facility. That new um, that new big uh, what is it? The Hall of Industries. They're all uh, training in there together, yeah. and and so there would be. A, I imagine there would be a real feeling that it's like it's it's one club, which is um, which is something which I think women's footy really brings to to the game at every level, not just professional, like all the way down to to local clubs and juniors. It it expands the community, which I think is really cool. That's it. And as uh, Rampy said, it were it's only when the AFLW team came into it, then the Swans felt complete. And I think that's a really good way to say it. And, mm. I, and that's after this for a second season, when basically the first one where we're somewhat organised and you see it all come together, and is it like there's, there's a definite air of professionalism in it? It I, I can't I couldn't say it any better than that. It just feels perfect. It just feels right. So that brings us to the end of the episode for round one of the AFLW season twenty twenty three. 
Look, we'll be doing this every single week, getting out the weekly games out. If you had any questions or thoughts of how we could do it or ideas of what we could do differently, by all means, please reach out to us. We're always willing to listen, trying to find ways to do this in a way that makes the most amount of sense uh, for AFLW as AFL men's. They are similar but different, and we're willing to do what we need to do to make sure that they're both entertaining and instructional all at the same time. Well, Steve-O, thanks for coming, mate. Um, look, we'll see you in North Sydney Oval, but until then, up the bloods and can you swanies?